In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com to get 5% off your first purchase with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for 5% off your first purchase. Welcome to So Bad It's Good with Ryan Bailey, the podcast where we cover all the pop culture we love to hate, from the classic reality TV moments of the past and present to the latest Daily Mail headlines and everything in between. We'll dive into all the infamous and notorious messes you can't stop watching. I'm looking at you, Jax Taylor. I'm your host, Ryan Bailey. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh. I'll hit the here we go, turn it up, let it start. From block to block, we snatching hearts and jacking marks. And the punk police can't play me and maybe we can have peace someday, cheap. But right now I got my mind set up. Looking down the barrel, I'm a get up. Cause it's time to make the payback fact. And my brothers on the block better stay strapped, black. And accept no substitutes. I bring truth to the youth, tear a roof on the whole school. Oh no, I won't turn the other cheek. In case you can't see this one, we burn the other week. Huh. Now we got him in the smash, blast. How long will it last till the pole get more cash? Until then, Young black males blaze up like some S. Don't stress, test. I'll give him, but be thankful that you're living. Bless. Much love to my brothers in the pen. See you when I free you, if not when they shove me in. Once again, it's an all out strap. Keep your hands in your gap. Now your boys watch your back. Cause in the alleys, I'm Cali, I'ma tell ya. Mess with the best and the best gonna help you. Scream if you feel me. See it clearly. You're too near me. I'll let you hear me. I'll let you hear me. Holler if you hear me, folks. <laughs> what is up? It's so bad it's good with Ryan Bailey. I am Ryan Bailey. It is Friday. We have done it. We have done yet another week. What did you did you guys accomplish anything this week? Did anything did anything big? Did I miss anything with you guys? Was it a good week? I am so happy to be out of this week. Um so this is great. I usually do a Kardashian wrap up and uh, fortunately or unfortunately, their series has ended. And until we start the new series, I don't know what this Friday episode will be. Maybe I'll just cut down to four a week, but I got to do five for the meantime, because there's just too many cool people to talk to, including today's guests. Um, I, uh, had a great time talking with these guys. I can't wait for you to hear them. Uh, they have a great podcast themselves called Know That. Uh, I mean, they have like five podcasts, but Know That is a real housewives podcast, so we'll start there. But uh, let's talk about a couple of things before we get to that. Um, this is crazy. Um, uh, I don't mean crazy. This is weird. Um, is that Bessemer Trust, which was uh, assigned by the courts in the Britney Spears conservatorship from the, you know, the, the whole... Uh, Britney debacle that is happening, they have backed out. They do not want anything to do with this case. Uh, somebody is quoted as saying it's a, a hornet's nest, I believe. So this is very kind of unusual that they have said they do not want to deal with this any longer, uh, hinting that this might have something to do with Jamie Spears. So I find this, this is just a mess. Now, Bessemer Trust is a 
uh, I believe, a a $100 million hedge fund, if I'm not mistaken, maybe even more than that. And they have chose to back away from this. Uh, They were appointed by the court. And I just find that fascinating. One day, mark my words, there will be documentaries just about this conservatorship. I mean, it is, I mean, this is the new, oh my God, I just came up with a brilliant idea. How? I mean, I usually come up with one a week. This is the one. You know, Ryan Murphy is going to do the people versus or like the free Britney movement. Couldn't you imagine Ryan Murphy doing that? Like the OJ trial, but it's the free Britney, the Britney conservatorship trial. This is a total Ryan Murphy or one of those Ryan Murphy, uh, versus uh, no, no. What's that show that he did this? Se- oh, feud feud. It can be Britney versus Jamie or something. So the Britney Spears thing, I, I, it is so weird. It's like the Britney Spears case and the Jean Benet Ramsey case will be the two mysteries that I'm scared I will never know the answer to. That is why I've always said this, and I don't know if you guys agree. We've talked about having cloud service or some sort of internet service in heaven so we can catch up on all our stories and our, our books and stuff like that. But I also want to be, I want there to be a heaven machine where you're able to like get unlimited answers. Like you can find out if that girl had a crush on you in the eighth grade or or the guy, whatever, you know, or you can find out who uh, who killed Jean Bonnet and what the actual fuck happened with Britney Spears uh, and this whole thing. I just I hate that we will never potentially get the answers. But the deeper I get into pop culture, and I don't know, I, I think a lot of you guys are the same thing, is that to me, that's the real fascination. It's almost not even what we see on our screens anymore. It's the idea of what happens behind the scenes. And that's why I think we are fascinated with sites like Demois or in the past, Perez Hilton. Also, can I just talk about Demois? Not, I love Demois, but I love everybody is doing like parties at Drake House, like Drake's house. And Drake supposedly smells amazing. And I just wonder how I bet his cologne is like one of those like $8,000 an ounce, an ounce, not an ounce, an ounce. Like, Drake's the kind of rich and good-looking now where he collects watches. You always know when somebody's getting a little too big when they start dropping, like, like 500 grand on, grand on a watch. You know? I like... I Apple watches are nice. That's like 350 bucks. That's like a really nice watch. But everybody will do these, like, um, sightings, or I was around Drake. He smells amazing. He smells... And then I was just like, should I bathe in cool water? Like, that's the thing for for us average people, you know, we don't have a chance to smell like Drake. But just once you would want to, I, I kind of want to know what Drake smells like. Does anybody, does anybody have a Drake smelling sighting? I would personally like, and what is the low budget version of smelling like Drake? What if I changed my whole image and I started at, like I started getting into my, like I, I mean, I was in my take care phase and now I start getting into my what is it? Certified lover boy phase. I'm telling you, I am going to shave in a little heart into my hair before the summer is over. Remember also, I am getting a face tattoo. That is for sure. Do you guys have any summer goals? (laughs) Um, It's the 4th of July on Monday, I think. I think we're doing, no, it's on Sunday. I think we're going to do a new episode. I have to talk to Sophie. If uh, we'll figure something out. Um, I do have to talk to Sophie about that because we want to start your week off. Right. And also, I've got like 30 topics already for Monday. I mean, there is so many things to talk about and I love bouncing off Sophie. So I can't wait to talk to her again. Just got to make sure with the holiday. Do you guys get the 5th of July off? 
Well, regardless, I am recording this on Thursday night. I just watched the Top Chef finale. I'm not going to spoil that for you, but I love that Top Chef is on Bravo because it, it sometimes makes you feel better when you watch something like Top Chef where there's true artistry happening as opposed to like Ramona crying and running away from Ebony like she did on this week's Real Housewives of New York. You're like, yeah, my network is smart and it deals with real talent, talented people. Well, I was thinking about this, too, while I was watching Top Chef. Isn't it funny how housewives used to be aspirational for a lot of women uh, and, and some men? And nowadays, like to me, it's Switch and Top Chef is aspirational. Like I would love to have the talent or the for the, uh, the, the fortitude or just the, the wherewithal to be an amazing chef. It is so amazing to watch that show and to know what people can create it. I've been, I, I watched Top Chef since season one, and it is so, uh, it is just one of those great shows where I just would love to be a judge one day where I'm just like, yeah, this, this also tastes good. Yep. I'm, I, I, yeah, I'll eat all this. Like, I am, I wish I was more discerning with food. I think I've fully recovered. If you don't, I, t- I told you guys, I think on Tuesday that I had Taco Bell. Man, that one, this one did a number on me. I, uh, I was like, I'm never going to be the same. Like, some, I, I, I don't know. Like, I don't know if I just have to say goodbye to my yearly Taco Bell thing for the rest of my life. It just, it hurts so bad. But yeah, it does. It hurts so good. Um, uh, yesterday was intense. That first part when I was talking about Bill Cosby and stuff, I was just really sad. I'm better today. And, uh, I hope you guys are better and full of hope and full of vim and vigor and fight and all of that stuff. And there really truly is nothing that we can't do, um, together. I mean, that is one of the things that I thought uh, have found so inspirational this past year is the community I have found not only with this podcast, but online and stuff. Like so many of you guys are so smart. Um, so, uh, so funny. Um, uh, I wouldn't, I'm like, so beautiful. What if I just, this is look in the mirror, guys. You are smart. You are funny. You are beautiful. You are ready to go get them, tiger. What? I wonder if I could do like pep talks in the morning, like coach Shaw does. Do you think coach Shaw will give Jen Shaw a pep talk before her trial starts? Like you are not guilty. Folks, I'm just goofing around because I want to keep today light, uh, or at least this first part light. Uh, Our guest today, we're just going to get right into it because I'm not going to blow you out with a three-hour podcast. We're going to get you in and out an hour and 15 minutes. I want you to enjoy your weekend. Um, But this is going to talk about Real Housewives of New York, this past week's episode, and Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. This is not a play-by-play recap, which I'll probably be doing next week with Beverly Hills because, guys, what an amazing episode. I mean... When Kathy Hilton said, uh, our British friend over there, and Dorit was like, I'm not British. That is my husband, PK. It was amazing. Dorit looked at offended. She was like, how could you have ever thought this was a British accent? I am a salt of the earth. I am a Minnesotan. I mean, that last table scene, everything was firing on all cylinders. You had Sutton trying to defend herself for the fifth week in a row about this dang uh, towel or coat gate with Crystal. And by the way, Crystal's totally in the right. And Sutton, you know, get it. Sutton, we get it. You don't want to ever say that you violated anybody because in your heart, you know, you didn't. But but you're not in the right. Yet you keep fighting. But at the same time, I still like you. 
it, it is it is a delicate balance for any housewife, right? It's a delicate balance on these shows to be kooky, but still be liked, and be wrong, but still be liked. And I don't know what that says about me, but I, I don't know. We'll we'll figure that out at some other time. Um, I just thought this episode was was really to me, and this season as a whole, is going to go down as a classic season. And I'm telling you, the Erica Jane only has a small piece of that. The Erica Jane storyline is amazing, and it's really great, great. But all these other storylines are great. This is a good cast, you guys. This is inspired casting. The Kathy Hilton casting was so good. It really is. And then, on the other hand, you have Real Housewives of New York. And to me, that is the opposite of Beverly Hills. Uh, They are doing somewhat important work, but they're not necessarily doing it the right way. Uh, I don't know how to explain it. And we do talk about that more in uh, in today's episode. And they uh, are my two guests have some amazing comments about that that actually made a lot of sense to me. But you have Ebony K. Williams, who is the new addition on Real Housewives of New York. And basically, you are setting her up um, for an impossible mission is to teach these immovable objects, these walls that we've all grown to love over 13 seasons. Uh, Ramona, Luann, Sonia to a degree, but Sonia seems to know what's up. But it's one of those things where we're sitting down and I don't buy into that whole thing. Well, these are my housewives and I escape and I don't want to learn anything about the world. No, I'm not like that. I want to learn everything about the world. There doesn't seem to be a balance right now. Um, And I'm curious to see when they start fleshing that out. Now, there was a scene that I think we talk about in this this uh, episode today with Leah and Ebony where Leah's like, yo, you know, like, you're hitting a little too hard. Maybe, you know, they want to know a little bit more about you. And I know people were back and forth on that. And I'm not defending Leah. Believe me, I, I, I am not. It's like I said the other day, it's going to take a lot more than a free Britney Spears. Uh, spray-painted T-shirt on Watch What Happens Live for me to come back to the Leah McSweeney fold. But I will say I think what she was saying there is that we want to know more of you than just that. And I think Ebony's in this tough position because this is her life's work. And this is such an important time. And I feel like sometimes the ladies on screen might be learning, but might not be learning, but maybe we are learning, you know, but it is a weird balance right now. And I sometimes think it's just an uneven thing because not because Ebony is black. I mean, that is something that is definitely what we're dealing with every week, but there also is such a huge age gap that I just don't believe that Ebony would ever be friends with these ladies in real life at all. So this thing of like them wanting to go to get to know the real Ebony, no, I don't think they would want to ever get to know the real Ebony. And I don't think Ebony would ever truly want to be friends with these ladies. I think the age thing is so far out of whack for for me. It just doesn't make it it reads like sci-fi at times. And I don't know if that makes a lot of sense to you guys, but it's just such a hard, hard thing to do. And I can say that and I go, I could I really like Ebony. Like I would love to see Ebony on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I just, for some reason, Real Housewives in New York is in such a weird, not rut, 
but you're dealing with so many factors that are just askew. You have a five-person cast, whereas Beverly Hills has an eight-person-plus friends, you, or seven-person-plus friends. You have uh, you have so many things stacked up against New York, so I think that is the unsettling feeling that at least I get every time I sit down to watch it. It is uh, not enjoyable for me. There are scenes and moments, and I do appreciate the things that I'm learning but I, I don't know how far we can go with this. I don't know at the end, like, you know, it's just, it's so different than any other season. And uh, I don't know. So I'm really curious. But I think if you compare the, the, these two shows in this season, it's really fascinating. And Quint, Quentin, one of our guests today, even points out that it's very interesting to watch Crystal and uh, Garcelle talk, you know, two ladies of different ethnicities, which we usually don't get to see in a show like that. And he makes some good, great points about that. And I just think Beverly Hills has this amazing balance, you know, and I really hats off to that. And it's important to have those shows that you look forward to every week. Um, a lot of you guys like Cruel Summer for that, huh? Yeah, Cruel Summer really did. I watched I watched the final episode of Cruel Summer and uh, I dug it. I really I actually dug it. I caught up pretty quick. I was like, OK, I get it. And it was cool. And I heard a lot of you uh, ladies were very sad about the bold type. There's this uh, show on the bold type that's been like five seasons or something. I guess they had their series finale this week. And uh, I read a lot online. A lot of ladies were crying about that. So I'm I'm sorry. Um Hope you ladies are are are, are good. Um, a, a couple of other good news. Sheree Whitfield is seems to be hinting, and we should get word by the end of the weekend that she will be coming back to Real Housewives of Atlanta. Unfortunately, Cynthia Bailey most likely will not. So we will be getting casting on that uh, any day now, the confirmation. And I'm looking forward uh, to that. I think that is going to be very interesting to watch. Uh, Kylie Cosmetics, Kylie Jenner, uh, her makeup line her lip kits are going 100 percent uh vegan 100 percent vegan so um i think that is an interesting way to get publicity for a struggling brand but at the end of the day if that is true that's great right like we do want things like that we want you know cruelty free uh makeup products that's why i've refused to wear makeup up to this point i'm like wait until it's cruelty free old ryan bailey will not be wearing this um, there's this movie coming out this weekend I really want to see called Zola, Z-O-L-A. It's based on a Twitter thread, um, a very popular Twitter thread from 2017. If you guys are on Twitter, you probably know the Twitter thread, but they turned it into a movie. Um, I have never had a Twitter thread even just even entertained as, I mean, my tweets don't even really work as tweets, but this Twitter thread and thread, if you guys don't know, is just when you, uh, continue on, uh, the thread over the 140 characters or however many characters Twitter is. And it's just, they told a story and that story got made into a movie called Zola and it is out in theaters this weekend. I, I definitely want to go support that. It's supposed to be really, really good. Um, I'm very excited to see that. Uh, but yeah, let me know if, uh, oh God, oh, that's the other thing. I don't know if you guys are Sopranos heads, but David Chase, the creator of the Sopranos made a prequel to the Sopranos, made a movie that tells the story of a young Tony Soprano. And it is amazing because 
James Gandolfini, his son, is playing a young Tony Soprano. So, and it looks like this kid can act. It looks like this kid can act. It's called The Mini Saints of Newark, and it's going to be out on October 1st. It will be in theaters and streaming exclusively on HBO Max. The preview looks amazing. I was one of those people that loved The Sopranos. I looked forward to it every week. Um, and I also think, uh, I actually, I, I did a... Annabelle DeSisto and myself, we did a uh, scene-by-scene recap of Geely, the Ben Affleck and J-Lo movie. And Ben Affleck plays a gangster in that movie. And I was just like, you know, after you see The Sopranos or even The Godfather, there's so many gangster movies and TV shows that are just done so well. They just suck you in. And Geely was not one of those. Like, you can't be, Ben Affleck can't be a gangster when you have real actors being amazing gangsters that you believe, if that makes sense. So I am so excited to uh, to see that and hear that. Also, I will be having a Google voicemail uh, set up, I think, this next week, so you guys can leave voicemails. I am on Cameo now. I have three to make this weekend. I'm in Arizona still, so I can't wait to be back because I'm going to do some in the Sur Alleyway and some at Dorit's room at Buca de Beppo. Um, so I think if I'm here, I have a couple I'm going to do them with my parents. So if you guys want a message from me or my parents, I know that sounds silly and potentially goofy. Uh, yes, yeah, those that's all true. It is goofy and silly, but let's have fun with that. Um, thank you guys for all that you do for me. Thank you for the five-star reviews on Apple Podcasts. I feel like I'm praying right now. Thank you, God, for watching over. Um, and that is it for today. But also, if there's anything that you guys love, write in. If there's a suggestion that you think we should see, that we should listen to, that we should read, let's like fill ourselves up with amazing stuff for this summer. We can bitch and complain every episode like I do, and I'm going to keep doing that till the, the till this podcast stops. But also, let's like put out some good stuff too. things that I think, uh, I know you guys have great taste. So let me know what your tastes are. And I, I think they'll, we'll do an episode every week where I'm just like kind of break down what we should all be watching, listening to and reading. So I think that is one of the most exciting things about a summer when I was a kid are the movies that I got to consume, the TV, I got to stay up late watching and the books I got to check out at the library. So let's have a summer of geekery. Um, but let's also go into this weekend with this great interview I have coming up. Uh, now their podcast together is called know that a real housewives podcast. Now it's, uh, Donnie Hadfield Smith and Quentin Lamar. Um, they also have another partner, Anthony Casella, who is not joining us, but these two guys, they are amazing. And, uh, they're the first husbands. They're married to each other that I've ever had on the podcast. I mean, so this was huge. I would love to take credit for their relationship, but it turns out they've been together for like uh, seven or eight years now. So I unfortunately cannot, but they live in New York and they're just fucking awesome dudes. I had the best time talking to them and we like, it starts like we talk, even we talk about race, we talk about uh, sexuality, and then we fucking go to town on Beverly Hills. And it is so, I was cracking up. Also, we, they let us know about their story about going to watch what happens live. Uh, when Kathy Hilton was on last week with Kyle Richards. Um, I don't know. I just really love these dudes. They have such good personalities, uh, good hearted people. And I think you should know them. Uh, because they're going to keep popping up. Uh, also, I know they have other podcasts as well. And you guys you guys might know Donnie's uh, because he's in a podcast called I, 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 I Am the Cute One, which is with Ono oh Bravo. And it's about Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen. And we talk about that as well. 
And I wish I knew the, the Olsons are like a blind spot for me. I, I guess it would be potentially weird if I was like, I know everything about the Olsons. I've been a fan since the full house days. Like I'm more knowledgeable about their sister, uh, Elizabeth Olsen, which by the way, I loved, uh, WandaVision. If you guys didn't see that on Disney plus I'm behind though, I got to finish captain and winter soldier and Loki, man. That's another one. All the girls are like, so obsessed with Loki. I would love, I, I know I'm past this point, but I would love for girls to be obsessed with me the way girls are obsessed with Loki. You know what I'm saying? It's never going to happen, but it would be so nice if you would open up the internet like they're like, cause like this guy that plays Loki, he must open up Twitter every day and go, holy shit. I've literally got a million girls that are just so into me Ugh, to be Loki. Maybe I'll dress as Loki for Halloween. Just kind of like a nerdy Loki. <laughs> so you guys, let us go out into the weekend uh, with just a great interview. I love these guys. Uh, here we go. When all you gotta keep is strong Move along, move along like I know you do And even when your hope is gone Move along, move along just to make it through You guys, welcome to your Friday show. We have made it through a week. I think this has been one of the most intense weeks I've had in a long time. So I'm really glad to have our next guest uh, that I just genuinely like. It's good to talk to people that you like, that you respect, and I cannot wait to highlight them to you guys because between them, they have like 800 podcasts that they're doing. So it's always uh, good to get <laughs> podcasts on the agenda. But these guys, um, I know them from one of the best uh, podcast titles that we have in the Bravo universe. It's called Know That. Um, and you know that is just an iconic phrase in the housewives lexicon. Um, so they not only have that podcast, but uh, Donnie, I gotta, I, there's so many, okay, we gotta go, let's walk through this together. So know that the real housewives podcast, <laughs> we have Donnie Adfeld Smith and uh, Quentin Lamar, Quinn Lamar, welcome to the show. Hi. How are you? Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for having us. No, uh, well, so I wanted to, I got, I guess I got to introduce you to then talk about Donnie. You have another podcast called I am the cute one, which is about Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen with Ono oh Bravo on the dip, right? That's correct. Yeah, that is all correct. And so we were covering Chelsea and I were covering Mary Kate and Ashley stuff on her Patreon for a little bit. And I said, let's see if people want to listen to this behind not behind a paywall let's let's see if this is for the world and it turns out it is and and quinn you are a professional comedian and you do another podcast with another comedian and what is mm -hmm. that called it's called this is gonna be good this is gonna be good okay so we have three podcasts and yeah this is gonna be good and it's it's a great show <laughs> so um uh, great. And the thing, so how do you and Donnie know each other? Because if I'm not mistaken, you guys are recording from the same location. That's correct. Yeah. That's um, true. We know we, each other uh, probably. No, we know each other probably as well oh. as anybody can know each other because we're married to each other. So that is probably the most intimate way you can know and dislike someone. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, by the way, so we're happy. you guys we're are happy. married to each other, which I, you know, that is 
I mean, how is it being married to somebody in and then talk on a housewives show about them? Do you guys have the same characters you like? Do you have different uh, likes and dislikes in terms of housewives? Absolutely. Yeah, for the most part, I do think that we're very similar in our housewives taste. And I think that's because our viewing experience is the same. Like we watch it together. But I there are some that differ. Is, I mean, is there one that like, you know, it's like, I cannot handle when you say you love Lisa Rinna. <laughs> well, I don't, that's never come up. Neither one of us loves Lisa Rinna. <laughs> yeah, see, this is why they're the best guests ever, folks. They are <laughs> but, on the right side of history. They know Lisa Rinna is a charlatan. But like, there are certain things like I know Candy, I mean, Candy is somebody that Donnie loves. I'm okay with Candy. I don't love Candy. And I'm a Melissa Gorga apologist. That's where we really find our marriage problems. And I am not a fan of <laughs> one Melissa Gore at all. How long have you guys been together? Mm. Together, eight years or nine, maybe. Married nine five. years. Married yeah. almost six. It'll be six this year. Yeah. So, I mean, did, you start, did you start watching Housewives together or were you guys already firmly ensconced in the Bravo universe when you guys met? No, I was not at all. He this the whole thing came up because of quarantine. We were in together and we have very differing viewing tastes other than housewives. Like he loves I, I don't even know what to call it. Like <laughs> between Well, he loves of, Mary Kate and Ashley Olsen. What do you <laughs> Exactly. Mean? Exactly. And I'm That's, like a big, yeah. you know, Marvel head. Like I like action movies. I like all that. Like we have very differing tastes. And Housewives was like one of the things that we could watch, like, okay, we both can get into this. And that's how this kind of like spiraled out into a part of our personalities. Yeah. Quinn's solo podcast is about politics. My solo podcast is about Mary Kate and Ashley. So I think that you're learning everything you need to learn. With I, those I, two. I, I love the fact that you're all doing it under one roof. That's uh, really amazing. I mean, so you started know that during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we started last September. Would you recommend that for other married couples to start a podcast together? <laughs> <clears throat> Um, it's tough because. <laughs> wow, this is, really, <laughs> this is a really tough question. Wow. Sometimes business fights become like marriage fights. Whereas if I think if me and you hosted one, Ryan, I think if we had like a business problem, it would just be a business problem. I would hope so. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, it's, it's a, uh, it is an, I would imagine it's an interesting uh, thing to ha have a podcast with your husband or wife because you can't uh, you can't shake an intense conversation like do you I mean and I know I only say this because of Real Housewives of New York this week in the season and we talked a little bit about this I was a guest on their podcast a couple of weeks you guys a couple uh, weeks ago and if that's a great place to start if you're looking to dip in there but they have great episodes every week uh, with really great discussions but I was talking about Real Housewives of New York City this past week's episode in this entire season where Ebony is having to have these kind of uncomfortable conversations. We've seen that she's in this kind of, I think like a suicide mission where she's going into these older ladies that are like completely set up in their, their ways and having to hit them over the head with this information instead of just being able to be a character or a housewife on a show. I mean, but these are real conversations. This is different than, um, I mean, this is even different than Erica Jane, uh, Erica Jane's divorce in so many reasons. I mean, do you, Guys think that Real Housewives of New York can handle storylines like this? And do you do you agree with how they're handling it so far? 
That's a good question. I think it's I, tough. Oh, sorry, Quinn. No, go ahead. Go ahead. I think it's tough because Ebony is, I know we have Brashan and she has a different opinion from Ebony, <laughs> which is great. But I think that Ebony is the only like apple holding housewife that is a person of color. So I think all of this is put on her shoulders. So I think she wants to just blend in and be a housewife and make those like TV moments. But I also think because this is her platform, she is forced to educate as well. Whereas if the cast was like maybe half white, half people of color, I think these conversations could come up more in a genuine way, and not that she's not doing it in a genuine way, but I think that there wouldn't be as much pushback if it was a equal playing field. Whereas now she is the sole person to educate all of these women that for the past 13 years had no interest in this. And what do you think, right? I agree with that. I think like what we see, it's kind of like what we see, we saw from Tiffany Moon in Dallas, you know, like the only minority has to do it all by herself. It's easier to be ganged up on and for them to miss the point. I think that what we see more balance is what's going on in Beverly Hills. We have two women of color, which is not enough, but enough for them to like back each other up in certain ways and understand certain things. You know, they've had like a couple of scenes where they talk about race and it's like nice to see that talked about on a housewife show with no white women involved. So things like that are they need to happen. New York has never really had anything of substance happen. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's why, that's why, like, I sometimes wonder, like, are you doing this on the right boat? Like, are you just going to sink this boat? Like, I, I sometimes, because we know who Ramona is. Like, mm-hmm. Ramona is, like, and and whether you love her or you hate her or whatever, so that, that's why I always say a suicide mission with Ebony, because Ebony says, point blank, this is my life's work. This is what I do, you know, and these are these are important. This is such an important time. But we saw in this week's episode, Ebony going, no, Ramona, I want to talk about this. And Ramona, I don't want to talk about this. I I, I don't want to. And we saw where that led into tears mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. Do you think that was a scene that will provide um, openings for Ebony in the future? Do you think that further pushes Ebony away or do you think she took a stand and it worked well for her? I think it worked as well as it could. She didn't back down. With Ramona, yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, but you can only get so far. Like, Ramona's, like, trying to get a dog to see color. It's just not <laughs> possible for her to actually understand certain things. But I looked at it like this. If we're not going to have these conversations, what the hell are we doing with New York this season? Like, this is the only thing that's There's going on. There's nothing else going on. There's yeah. nothing else. So if you're if these women are shutting down and don't want to talk about it, then really what are we doing? That that's that's so. I mean, like you, there's nothing. And by the way, I was almost kind of feeling like we're on episode eight. I was like, this feels like a thirteen episode season because where else? Like like you said, like we we've hit this again and again. And I don't know. Like I'm not. Uh, I really am not confident right now that episode thirteen we're going to have solved racism. You know, but right. what I do think is that maybe you know. I was also thought it was. I loved the night in Harlem with Ebony and going like, this is James Baldwin. This is the, you know, and do Mm -hmm. I think Ramona is going to rush home and read James Baldwin? (laughs) Hell no. No. But what I do think, then I realized like, oh, but this is also for us. There might be like a couple of us. They're like, I want to read James Baldwin. You know, like I was like, that is kind of cool where we're watching something very potentially uncomfortable with like 
like these brick walls that we've watched for 13 seasons or however long it's been, but maybe we're changing and our relationship to this is changing. So I don't know, but it is confusing because it's different than Beverly Hills where I love Quinn, what you said about like, it is this, it is interesting. You have these two women actually having these conversations. And I feel like there's much more of a balance to Beverly Hills. Mm -hmm. Whereas New York, it is so, I can't tell what exactly they're doing, except that I know uh, it's uh, seems to be uncomfortable for everybody involved. And that's, I think it's almost, New York is almost like Dallas in the regard that I feel like the women in Dallas felt like Tiffany was there as like a punishment almost. And they felt <laughs> like they couldn't shine because she was here. And I think Ramona and Luann and Sonia knows what to say, but I still feel like she feels that way too. Whereas they don't get to be themselves now that Ebony's here. Whereas in Beverly Hills, maybe it is because there's two women of color. Maybe it's because Garcelle already broke that seal and now adding Crystal is like it's already not a fully white cast I don't know but Beverly Hills does feel more welcoming to diversity within their group isn't that crazy I agree with that yeah I mean, it's just, it we just never would have thought, but at the same time, it's not like I thought Roni would have been, but I mean, I think we talked about on your show the last time was that I would love to have these uncomfortable conversations and to have these seasons happen. And then next season we get to a point where we're, we're able to, uh, that Ebony can do some kind of bizarre housewife shit. And I'd be like, what the hell is she doing? Like yeah. Ebony threw her fake leg across a room. <laughs> like, I mean, I would love to get to that point where like, cause I know Tiffany moon has got some real housewife in her. Like mm. she, like she makes people wear booties in her house. Like that's a great housewife quality. And sometimes it's like, we slow down. And I was wondering, Quinn, do you feel like this year, especially you've had to slow down a lot to actually be sometimes that person in a housewife shows to not, I don't want to say idiots like me, but I want to say to people that you, you know, like, and we're learning, well, that's not the way we don't ask you. We're not supposed to ask you all of these things. Do you feel like that sometimes though, of like, damn, this has been a insane year for me. And it sometimes emulates the housewives. Yeah. I, I definitely think that like, even with this, this diversity that we're seeing in the shows, we had a very tense summer last summer where we had to like, start to have these conversations about race and realize that, you know, not having people of color in certain spaces is the same as racism in a lot of ways. And that we can't just not address that. So now we have the housewives trying to address that. And that is a very weird medium to have to, to have these conversations, but you have to have them everywhere. Like you can't, you can't not talk about it. Like race is so much of a part of the conversation that it has to affect these. And I don't think these women see how much the conversation has affected them in their life because it's affecting them through the show. They live in like bubbles where they don't have to deal with this, but like because of the national conversation, this is how it's permeating your white bubble. Yeah. You know, it may not be people moving into your block or you deciding to go protest, but that's how, how strong this movement is about diversity that it's coming for you on the job. Now it's coming for you everywhere. So like it is to me, the, the conversation between Ramona and Ebony, this, which I found really significant, it, there's this wall of, you know, being in white culture or being a, a personal color in, in, in a white space, it's not always a, a really oppressive or, you know, aggressive thing against you, but you have to act a certain way. 
and you can't talk about certain things. And Ebony was trying to get something from Ramona that Ramona is not going to give her. Ramona's of the mind, I don't have a problem with race. As long as you don't make everything about race, and as long as you are able to be as privileged and carefree as everybody else that I know, and that's just not a reality. Yeah. Now, uh, on top of that, I was I was talking the other day on the podcast. Um, my best friend is a gay man that I grew up in high school with, and you know I, I was a part of his coming out process. And this is so long ago now, but I was. Uh, I think we talked last time too about like Will and Grace, and mm-hmm. there are these very few. Uh, about representation, you know, about like, this is why it's important to have housewives of all different race, ethnicities, creeds. It's important to have these because uh, you want to see yourself represented in your art. And I was saying this week, you know, like as an actor uh, and even as a white cis man, you know, like I've seen my story told so many times to the point where I wouldn't even question it to the point I wouldn't even think like, Oh, other people aren't getting their stories told because I saw my story. I've seen Tom Hanks's life again and again and again in so many different ways. But it is interesting. I was thinking about uh, because we just um, got out of uh, Pride Month, you Mm -hmm. know, and and by the way, now we can go back to, um, uh, I guess, not liking gay people. Is that what Pride Month (laughs) Yeah, making us like the corporation are like, oh, yeah, those those faggots. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's I mean, really. But but you know what I I was thinking? It was so I was watching Fox the other day and Fox was like, happy pride. And it was like this, you know, colors and dancing and all this stuff. And I was like, 20 years ago. I mean, by the way, it, it's almost like a parody of itself. Mm-hmm. But 20 years ago, you didn't have anything. Like like you said, you had Will and Grace. Mm-hmm. You had like the movie Longtime Companion, the Play Angels in America. You had uh, Madonna being a gay icon. You had like a handful of really important things to, or what I saw as gay culture, and it got went more deep, deeper than that. But to see now, is that forward momentum, or is that people just trying to chase the almighty dollar? If I was not a black person, I might not have this answer, but I am. It's no difference than the black movement we saw in the sixties and the seventies. It's a lot more visibility, a lot more representation because there's money in it. But when you get down to legislation, you have a lot of rights being taken away. Look at what the Supreme Court is doing. Like we, there's so much that's not going forward as far as like, you know, transgender rights. Uh, They're taking away women's rights. Like there's so many things like there's women visibly everywhere. They make women's movies. They celebrate Women's History Month. Yeah, everybody does that because there's money in it. But when it comes down to actually backing these minorities and doing what needs to be done, they don't do that. Yeah. And it's no different than the gay community. Yeah. I mean, so as one point where you do get to see yourself represented a little more Mm -hmm. in pop. That's great. Which is really. But then what you're saying basically at the end of the day, though, the actual human rights of this movement are still being are still being challenged. Yeah. So, I mean, but it is interesting that 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 we are actually hearing that discussion or even being able to speak or that there is I mean, and both of you guys do you and and I mean, is there do you are you kind of the people that live your life with hope? Or do you sometimes, I mean, this week, and this had nothing to do with me, I felt very sad in regards to uh, Britney Spears and Bill Cosby and all of these different things that I was like, oh, I and I got to admit, I just don't understand a lot. And I kind of lost hope last night a little bit, and I, which is just I felt bad for a couple hours. But yeah. what, what, what do you guys feel about this? Do you have hope? Generally, for myself, I think I am 
emotionally optimistic and I think that I put like realism out of the way and just like I'm emotion run and I tend to like hope for the best and do the secret and all of that manifesting all of the good stuff but then in turn when I when there is bad news that like shatters me because because I feel like I've already thought I put all the positive energy into this and now and now these things this week are happening so now I'm helpless what about you? Quinn? Yeah, Quinn's more realistic. <laughs> I'm, very, I'm a lot more realistic. I do think you have to hope, like, you know, if I didn't hope or what would I wake up for? Like, you know, what are you doing if you don't think that things can get better? You have to be realistic that things can get worse. But I can say from growing up where all I had was, you know, some prison shower scenes from Oz and Will and Grace, that there is a lot more visibility and not just for gay men but for people in all spectrums of the lgbt community can feel seen yeah not as much as they should be but you know they're there like you know if things had been this way i would have known i was pansexual i had no idea that was never anything that was even discussed you know like we live in a time where these things can be explored and i'm very happy about that but i think we should still be very very concerned about who's in power here who's trying to take away the rights that we have we can't think like, oh, we won because I see somebody that looks like me on TV. It doesn't work that way. Yeah, can you? I mean, can you imagine if that's the the litmus <laughs> test of like, you know, our mm-hmm. societies that you know it's like a small piece of it, but even that piece is only starting to come to fruition for more people of minorities, creeds, races, all of that stuff, you know. And I, I was just, I don't know. I always think about that coming from like an acting teacher background of you know, people auditioning for roles, you know, and people, you know, wanting to, I I was speaking to an Asian American lady of just seeing like how important it is for a young uh, Asian American kid to see themselves represented on screen. And I thought that was such a powerful thought that I really never thought about. And that's why I was just trying to think about when I was watching Real Housewives of New York City this week, I was like, where does this fall in the scheme of things? Like we're we're having these conversations, but at the same time, we're having these conversations with Ramona. Can <laughs> Ramona, ha- like, I mean, like no. we've seen Ramona handle conversations just about her dog that she can't handle. Like all of a sudden we're supposed to, so it's just a very interesting thing. And I feel like, what did you guys think of that conversation between Leah and Ebony that happened before the Ramona conversation in this week's episode where Leah was like, you know, they're, they're not going to listen to you at a certain point. I'm saying this with love. And Ebony was like, I received that. Um, what did you guys think of that? I thought Leah was right because it's the way I feel. Like I know there's a certain, there's a certain level of being in it and being there that you're not going to get from these women. It's just not, yeah. It's not in them to do that. And speaking of like housewives as a whole dealing with this, housewives are probably a good way to like kind of like this. You have to think about it. Housewives is white supremacy. It's rich white people who only have themselves in it because it's all supposed to be about their friends. So this is it's already been set up to be a white supremacist system without being like, you know, we don't. it's not that we don't want people of color. We just don't know them. And that's just like that is exactly how a lot of these systems are in place and how they maintain. So in breaking through that, even though it's clumsy and kind of stupid and the women aren't the most um, informed, it's still a good way to have the conversation and learn. And going back to Crystal and like Garcelle talking about it, I think white people can learn a lot from uh, about white supremacy, just from seeing other minorities talk to each other about it and not being in the conversation. 
Yeah. I mean, there's a voyeurism there that actually helps. We, I, there, yeah. There's a reason why like white supremacy works because it splits us up. Like if you get people of color together to actually see what we have in common, how white supremacy doesn't help any of us, that's when it's a problem. That's when we become a threat. So like, you know, there's there's power in Garcelle and Crystal having that conversation. There'll be power in a black woman or a, a, a darker skinned Latina woman being there to, to help Tiffany and Dallas. There will be power in that. And that's what needs to happen in all the shows, period. I always thought the fact that there was no Asian housewife in New York City was ridiculous. Ridiculous to me. Yeah. I love the word uh, that you use, clumsy. I like that because it is clumsy. And and by the way, but at the same time, I was saying that it was that I, I was like, at least with Bravo, you know, the network that I, I have chosen to base a lot of my life around, <laughs> at least they're trying, whether it be clumsy, like really hellishly clumsy, mm-hmm. you know, at least, I mean, I don't, I'm trying to think of another netri- net network like is, I don't know, is like the Oxygen Channel, like being, you know, like I'm like, at least Bravo is actively trying and we might not love it. It might not be the best, but I'm like, well, at least they're putting it. The, they're putting out. Steps, you know, and I was like, that is important. Um, well, you guys just were at Watch What Happens Live, right? We, we were, were, yeah. What the hell? I mean, so Watch What Happens, <sighs> and, I, and I know this is going to sound silly. I don't want to tear up, but one of the great, truly, I got emotional when Andy started having guests back in the clubhouse again uh, last week, because I do watch Watch What Happens Live every night. It is like, I used to watch late, I used to watch Letterman, I used to, but Andy is the guy I watch every night. And to see all of you guys, and you were there on a big night. Oh, yeah. Well, really? yeah, in terms of guests, we were there a big night. We picked it because it was Kathy Hilton and Crystal. But you then, got to choose which one you wanted to go to? They sent us like four different options. Yeah. Like, who's going to choose anybody else besides Th- them? That's exactly That's the way how we I felt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so we picked that one. But then that happened to be the first night they had guests back in the studio. So the energy was just so high across the board. The staff was and the crew were um, emotional. It was great. I was curious if they were emotional or if they were like, fuck, we got to come back into the office again, you know? <laughs> I think uh, they wanted it. I think it was better than what they were doing before. I, I can only imagine that organizing Zoom audiences had to be a pain in the ass. Are you guys going to go back to, are you, are you, I mean, you, I mean, are you going to podcast in person with people from here on out if you have guests? Oh, I never even I never thought, thought of it. Because this is I didn't all even think I about know. It. Yeah. yeah, I know this is exactly <laughs> me too. And somebody said, oh, Somebody asked me that question last week and I was like, oh, I didn't even, I guess I could do that now. It is an option again. I'm so used to, I'm so used to this, you know, I I think I would be scared to do it in person almost, you know? Yeah. And it's just easier too, like, because you don't have to think about anything when booking your guests, like you're on the West coast, we're on the East coast. We can have to think about it. Whereas then like, if we just, if we did it in person, we only really have like, what like, if I didn't? What if I didn't understand that I'd flown out for this? I was like, I thought, <laughs> I thought this was in. Per- I I had no clue. Um, uh, but being there and watch what happened. Did you get to? What is that experience like? Be I mean, do do you have to like get like? Do you get strip searched? 
Guys, don't worry, you did not start the show all over again. This is what we call an ad break, and I am so, so... Folks, summer is just around the corner, so it's time to say goodbye to those jackets and sweaters and hello to shorts and tees. Now, I wanted to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune, and luckily, I found Quince. Now, I have a lineup of timeless pieces I want that will keep me looking fresh year after year. I got a pair of tan shorts, I got a pair of green shorts, I cannot wait to style these for summer, and I gotta tell the quality is great because Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. The best part? All Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman by partnering directly with top factories and passes that savings on to us. And Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes. So you can feel good about what you're wearing on every level. So upgrade your wardrobe. Go to quince.com slash so bad for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash so bad to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com slash so bad. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yeah, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So, the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Discover why critics are calling Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes, the best film of the franchise. What a wonderful day! It's a jaw-dropping spectacle that demands to be seen on the biggest screen possible. I need to go. Hang on. It is our time. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Now playing only in theaters. Rated PG-13. Some material may be inappropriate for children under 13. Excited to welcome our new sponsor, HelloFresh. Now, this is exciting. Uh, you guys know, like I said earlier, I'm not much of a chef, but I get to try my darndest with uh, one of the most amazing companies out there. With HelloFresh, you're going to get fresh, pre-measured ingredients. Guys, I don't know how to measure crap, so this is already done for me. Uh, they have mouth-watering seasonal recipes, and it's delivered right to your door. I do not have to move to my car, to a grocery store. It is all delivered to my door. It is easy. It's supposed to be fun. I'll tell you. I'll tell you if it is because they're actually sending me stuff, so I get to try it. But it's also affordable, and it's America's number one meal kit. Uh, stressful meal planning is, is really actually insane. You guys, I eat like ground turkey and like like lettuce when I'm left to my own devices. So I'm excited. I got to flip through their menu and there are so many different options. Um, you you can even try HelloFresh's quick and easy meals. They're like 15 to 20 minute dinners. You got breakfast on the go and more easy options. And it says it's perfect for any busy lifestyle. They offer 50 menu and market items each week, including ready to eat salads, sandwiches, and soup. There is something for everybody to enjoy. And with all recipes designed and tested by professionals, chefs and nutritional experts to ensure deliciousness and simplicity i have been watching top chef you guys what if this is the what if HelloFresh is the thing that gets me into top chef kitchen i bet it i bet it can be plus they are they are designed for a healthy lifestyle so 
it's one of those things that's good for you, good to eat. Uh, that's all the bases that you need covered right there. Um, what I am so excited, though, about this as well is that for So Bad It's Good listeners, go to HelloFresh.com forward slash so bad 14 that's one four and use code s-o-b-a-d 14 so bad 14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping that's hellofresh.com slash so bad 14 and use code so bad 14 for up to 14 free meals plus free shipping that is a lot of free i have never gotten 14 free of anything and you can do it just by listening to this podcast that excites me so much and you guys i am doing this myself I love food. I'm going to love to learn how to cook. This is going to be amazing. I'm going to be a double threat. Like I said, a podcaster and a chef. So guys, please do my do me a favor. Do this show a favor. Go check it out. Go see if you like it. It is free at first. That's amazing. Um, so thank you, HelloFresh. I'm excited to eat you. Back to the show. Do you have to like, <laughs> how do they know you're not going to tackle Andy? Like what? what is the experience of going in there? Is it just pretty chill? Yeah, kind of. I mean, there's no metal. De- I mean, like, we went through what was probably a metal detector without us knowing it. <laughs> like, I feel like it wasn't, like, a very, like, aggressive or, like, you know, thing. But other than that, like, they made us adhere to, like, COVID standards and all that stuff because that's still going on. But do you get a drink? Just, you get a drink. We do, yeah. You get, you get to, to pay for the drinks? No. No, it's free. It's included, yeah. Oh you my get God. to like chill in the green room with the other people in the audience and like they play dance music and they have Bravo on TV. It's a real like vibe of like Bravo. Like what time, <laughs> what time do they shoot? What time did they shoot that? It was like nine. We got there, right? Well, whatever time it was on. So it was, Oh my God. Yeah. It's like live, live. Oh, we got there I, at nine. And... I thought you did it during the day and then it was mm-hmm. like, it was live. And so did you have any interaction with, Kyle, Kathy, any any interaction? So Kyle sat right in front of us. If you watch the episode, anytime you see a crotch behind her head, that's me and Quinn. Um, Good way to go, crotches. (laughs) Great crotch work, you guys. (laughs) It's our OnlyFans advertisement. (laughs) Uh, um, So we talked a few commercial breaks with Kyle. And then we did. Did you walk up and go like, uh, uh, hi, um, or was she trying to talk to people? She like um, would just turn around. Like yeah, it, she like oh she was God. open to it. Yeah, it was really. What's her, cool. what's her nose look like in person? The, the Halloween <laughs> it was, nose. It was cute. <laughs> it was. It, Michael it was Myers small. did good work. <laughs> there, yeah. there was actually a lot more interaction than I thought there would be. Like I didn't think I thought there would be like you know this is the audience these are the guests but it was very much a lot of like you know Kathy like you know somebody gave Kathy a jacket so she could like prop herself up before they found her a pillow crystal came over and talked to us they danced like they they listened to like suggestions we would give them yeah, like they Andy were very Q&As much in between like during commercial break Andy would come up and we could ask him questions it was any really question cool. any good any any good dirt that came out not no, really. really like no. the question like, are you going to fire Lisa Rinna like that'd be great <laughs> it was just intense if only the questions were good, but then it was stuff that he wouldn't really answer. Like, what were your thoughts on the Erica documentary? Or like, what are your thoughts? Whatever. <laughs> Have you seen um, All Stars yet? And then he wouldn't really answer. But it was nice that he talked to us anyway. Yeah. Did Kyle make any sounds when Erica Jane questions were asked? No, she was. <laughs> um, no. God, were you uh, did now were any of them aware of you guys and what you do? I mean, you guys have a Bravo podcast. 
They were not. Not they that I know. Of. Yeah. I mean, did I you let think... them know? I would have like you could have been asking <laughs> Andy to come on. Is it? Would you guys like Andy? I personally love Andy, but I know he gets a lot of like. I mean, is he considered a quote unquote gay icon? I mean, how? What is his stand? It like what's? How is he known in the gay community? I don't. Not think... in this household. Are there, I, thought all, I thought all the gay icons were like straight women. Like, are there are there any gay male icons? You know what? That's a great. Okay. Okay. Is he? Yeah. I mean. What do you consider somebody that's respect a male respected in the gay community? I mean, that might just be the word for it. A male respected in the gay community, right? They, they call him gonna... a, a power bottom. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh... I call them friend. <laughs> but is know. Andy, is it, do you, I mean, is Andy, do you guys like Andy or do you guys like, cause I, I do, I've talked to other people where they're like, I don't like that dude. Like, you know, and I'm like, what did he do? There, I think there's like a there's a gossipiness about him that I think some people really like or they don't like. He built his career on it, yeah. and I think if you don't like that kind of like messy queen, then you won't like Andy Cohen. But if you do, <laughs> then you're cool with Andy Cohen. Like meeting him in person, he seemed really he is. It seemed exactly like what you get. Like he was exactly the way he was on camera. He what he asked is like, do I look shorter in person? And I was like, yeah, you know, like it was just. <laughs> that kind of vibe he's like did this dick look shorter in person uh, did, he, did he harass you at all no he just no it was like really cool yeah no really. i i was so jealous when i saw you guys there and then i saw you guys on the actual tv and i was like oh my god i know that i know those guys oh my god i was so i was so excited so many more people watch watch what happens live than i thought like people that I people from back home in Michigan, like people I didn't even know. Like I'm like, you watch watch what happens live. Like I just I didn't think it. And it's like, oh yeah, that was no. Me. I for some reason I'm I find it one of my like like not highlight. Well, I mean my life's pretty sad, so it is kind of highlight of my day. But I like I I really genuinely think it's good. I like the silliness of it. I like the I usually like the seeing the housewives and all that interact in a different way because some of them are really excited to be there, which kind of makes me laugh. And, you know, I don't know. Um, moving on to Beverly cool. Hills. Oh, sorry, Andy. No, no, I no, mean, please. You're not Andy, first of all. <laughs> you're right. Who do I think I am? Yeah. Um, I also like that the guests, when they are celebrities, they're not there to talk about themselves like you see like that changes the dynamic there like they might plug their movie but then they're there to talk about the shows they love and i think that just makes the show so much more fun than like the view or something yeah yeah um, i agree it was also nice to see uh lisa rinna's return bunny that was my highlight. oh you gotta Clubhouse. see those actual props yeah they're yeah. all like there that was like what i, that's, I was like that's I've another arrived. that's another reason why i like them because i'm like i'm like a weird hoarder of like, we, like I want to do like a reality show museum one day. And I, I have like the Jackson, Brittany, Brittany wedding invite, like an actual, <laughs> wedding invite. like I have weird things. Like, and every time I watch like an episode, I'm like, Oh, I gotta get, I gotta get uh, Sutton's bow that she was wearing last night. Like, like little <laughs> stupid things where like, it, it would only mean something to a handful of people. But for me, I'm like, Oh my God, I wish, I wish I was there to get that cup she was drinking out of, you know, just like <laughs> shit. But I love that clubhouse. Cause it's like all the knickknacks that I have in my bedroom, which is just insane. Like I gotta, I, I gotta afford a house one day. Cause I just, it's going to be, cr I can never bring anybody into my bedroom ever again. Cause it's just, it's just insanity. You would think like, Oh, this guy's a serial killer. You know, it's like, <laughs> I have like, I, I was consider I made a bid on Countess Luann's wedding dress, the one with Tom. And I, the starting bid was 350 and I could only bid 350 because I, you know, that's all I have. And so I knew I wasn't going to get it. But in my, like, 
I just thought how hysterical if you went into my bedroom and it was like a full mannequin with a wedding dress on and be like, this dude's going to kill me. Definitely. You know? Um, Oh my God. That's crazy. Moving on to uh, Beverly Hills. I guess the question or the thesis or whatever we want to consider this season, do we think Erica Jane knew, like, what do we think? Where are you guys fall on the Erica Jane uh, equator? Because I feel like this really splits a room. Weirdly enough, it splits a room. What are you, where are you, where are you guys on this? She knew. Yes. Like, she knew. The right and answer. I've said it. I said it on know that I'll say it again. No woman smart enough to marry a man that rich with no prenup has no idea what his finances are. I don't believe that. I don't believe it. She knew. She may not have known all along, but she knew long enough. And I don't believe this Tom is terrible tour that she's going on. I don't believe, I can believe that he's terrible, but I can't believe that it's like something she just was like, oh, I left because of that and I just couldn't handle it. No, that's not why you left. You and him probably have some kind of escape clause thing. When things get too hot, you can go vilify me, separate yourself. I totally. Yeah, I think he tipped. Her, I think he tipped her off. I think. I he, think so too. You know? What do you think, Donnie? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Because the Trisha A. Bigelow text that she used as like an excuse, they were from how many years ago? Like you. Yes, it was a flip, yeah. fucking flip phone text, and it wasn't brought up on the show. Yeah, I. Yeah. We haven't uh, seen it on the show. No, and and I I keep saying this like so much, but I want to like. And also, I just don't buy her monologue last week's episode of I drove him to work that day and then I left. You didn't drive shit. You get like, I mean, you did not drive. If, you know, she says they were only speaking in small sentences at that time. You're not going to then take a 40 minute car ride to drop your ex off. And then also, if that's the case, how the fuck did he get back home that night? <laughs> like, I like, oh, I was waiting for Erica to pick me up. Like, oh, she's and not she didn't. here. Oh, I guess I have to call an Uber to Pasadena now. Like there, there's so many holes in this story but I feel like half of the Bravo Bravo audience is so gullible and not even gullible. We just, we believe what we see. Like we don't question what we see in life and that's normal, but we're just believing this hook, line and sinker when I feel like there's so many holes in this story and we're not even like based on just how we've seen Erica these last seven seasons or whatever. She, it, it, this is for her to all of a sudden, like this week's episode, we get her tearing up. I was in a loveless marriage. Fuck you. You knew you were in a loveless marriage from the moment you married that man. And even if you didn't know, and I don't think she knew everything, of course, but even if she didn't know anything, you still got to roll with the punches when you don't marry for love. When you marry to be taken care of, you're going to have to deal with this shit. So I don't have tears. And I'm sorry that's aggressive. It's true. It's totally true. Like she, this whole thing is like ridiculous. She didn't cry. For I don't know how long we and if you look at how she's acted the last what six seven years she's acted like a criminal she's acting like somebody <laughs> who was hiding something yes yes yeah, like not we barely saw her at home we don't know anything about that she's so close up they said it all the time like well Erica's cagey Erica's quiet Erica keeps it that's what people on the run do <laughs> yeah yeah so I it's mean, like now you believe her now you believe that she didn't know anything when she was an acting I don't know no it's it's I'm so curious at how the ladies are aligning themselves. Like, cause right now in the show itself, uh, we, we have the divorce, but we do not have the Tom information out. And we keep getting these teas, like a Raymond Chandler film noir of like, these ladies don't know everything. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> and we, we get these teases. So we know, and it's so, by the way, I'm, and I just want everybody to know I'm complaining, but that means I love it. Like I'm <laughs> loving watching this season. Oh, absolutely. You guys love it. 
Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like, like New York is di- like I go into New York differently now this season, and I know kind of like I just don't know if they even know how they're presenting the information. But Beverly Hills, I'm like, we are watching, we are watching at least a season with a plan, you know, and it it it's so much better than even just this Erica Jane. You have the Kathy Hilton saying batshit stuff. You have the Sutton Crystal array. Like you even have the Garcelle. Like I usually hate those uh, fake storylines when it's like a matchmaker. And you have like Garcelle, but at the same time, I got to have this piece of information about Garcelle, you know, like, yeah, I'm, I am all about my, my career because that's the thing that, that, that my mom afforded me getting me here. Like these little, little things about somebody's character. I, I don't know, for some reason, I love it on Beverly Hills, all of it. Yeah. All the pieces are really adding up this year. And like you said, usually the relationship coach storylines don't go anywhere. So that's why I hate it. Cause it's just a waste of my time. But this year I feel like Garcelle is really opening herself up through that storyline. So it's letting us, especially with a housewife that we didn't really get to know last year because she wanted to be with those women <laughs> as little amount of time as possible. So now this year through that storyline, she's giving us information about her backstory. I really like this season. I, I think it has everything right now. Like, I mean, and I, it's one of those where I'm like, Oh man, it's only Thursday. I have to wait six <laughs> more days. And I was a little nervous a couple of weeks ago. Cause the housewife and hustler came out on that Monday. And then I, the fan base I thought was so like, Oh my God. Oh my God. And then on Wednesday, it was like the biggest boner killer ever because Erica didn't come out to the last five seconds uh. of the episode. And I'm like, you fuckers, we could have solved this tonight, but <laughs> <laughs> That's because Bravo didn't plan on Housewife and the Hustler being a thing. So, yeah. you know, it kind of cut uh, Beverly Hills off at the knees for that episode. But then I went back and watched and I was like, oh, this is really there's there's like really good stories in here, even without Erica. And now I kind of love that they have this setup, that they have all of these other stories. What do you guys think about the the ongoing, uh, I guess we'll call it coat gate between Sutton mm-hmm. and Crystal? Um, because Sutton won't let this die. Like, I, I mean, I keep thinking we've moved on and then we find a way by the end of the episode to have this argument again about this. Like, what do you what do you what do you guys think about this? I think that they are both so ingrained in their opinion on it and their their emotions about it have not changed since the beginning. So I think when anyone brings it up, you're getting these raw emotions that they felt when they first experienced it. So even though they've put it to bed or whatever, anytime anyone mentions it, it's being discussed with such emotion and depth as if it had never been discussed about before or discussed before. So even though they both agreed to like numerous times now be done with it and move forward, if the word coat or bedroom or naked is mentioned, you get these, like, we brush up the dirt like nothing happened. Yeah, it's it's a stupid fight. (laughs) And it's a fight that probably wouldn't go, wouldn't have gone this long or this far if they didn't already not like each other. So it's, like, pretty much exacerbated by that. Sutton doesn't want to admit that she did anything that could be lent to somebody calling that. Yeah, it's, you know what it's, I mean? it's it's ego. We're seeing it's ego. ego at play, which, by the way, to me, ego is like always the eighth cast member of any housewife show, <laughs> whether it be Erica Jane or Sutton. But that's all it is. Sutton could have just been like, OK, point taken. Uh, you obviously have uh, a triggered history here. I respect that. I totally get it. 
and that's it. But instead, she it, like she is like, and we see it's the way she approaches her things with race. I'm above reproach. Like I don't even. That's not even the realm of possibility. I'm so generous. I am <laughs> such a generous person. And that's not the reality of what's going on here with Crystal. Crystal was if you get down to it she was naked when she came in she knocked she didn't wait for her to say anything there is a way when she was on the phone i get how sudden could think she said come in but she didn't you still came in and saw her naked that is it she was the one who was caught in a in a unpredictable like uncomfortable situation you have to defer to crystal's feelings on that just apologize for it and move on and then also, I mean, I will say in, in, in Crystal's defense is that, I mean, Sutton, it was very brief, but Sutton goes, what are you doing in here? Like, she, she, like, <laughs> yeah, she, hit, like, she like overdid the Southern accent. Like, what did I catch you doing? Like, and I know she thought she was being joking, you know, and like a normal, like, if you weren't <laughs> triggered by those things from your past, you probably would have found it funny too. But Crystal didn't find it funny, you know, and yeah, yeah. it's a real simple thing. But that's a housewives thing, too, of just not letting things die. And I, what did you guys think though? I thought I found it very interesting of the idea of why does Garcelle stick up so hard for Sutton? Cause Garcelle almost treats Sutton like a slow adult of like, guys, you know, come on. Like she's not, she doesn't mean this. She doesn't like Garcelle really puts her neck out and even spoke to Crystal like of like, come on. That's obviously not what you, what did you guys think? I think that that's for two reasons. I think like from the beginning of this, I think when the Garcelle's first scene of the season was with Sutton. So I think that they've hung out a bit alone. Like, you know, they went car shopping. I think they have a relationship that they built. I also think it's the, you know, they're both the new girls and not part of the fierce Fox five or what the hell that <laughs> Bullshit, shit is. stupid five. Bullshit. <laughs> they're not in, they're not in that group, which means that they are, you know, vulnerable when it comes to those women. So I think that she would like to stand by her because basically if they decide to eat you, you what are you gonna do? Like it's I don't I don't know if Crystal's involved in that now or however that works because she's friends with Kathy, but I, I think that's why she doesn't want her to be like the odd person out. And then being, you know, it could be a racial thing. I know that I personally don't like people to be the odd person out unless they have to be. Like if I see a group of people getting up to somebody that I feel I see a different side of them, I'll go to bat for you because I know what it's like to be the other one. So I think it could be like those things in play to yeah. make Garcelle be that way. Yeah, I think they both saw what everyone else did to Denise and how they like ran her out. Mm -hmm. And I think that behind the scenes, they have some kind of agreement where they won't let it happen to each other. I think the aligning of the cast members this season is interesting too. And in this episode, we saw Erica Jane kind of aligning with Sutton and really, uh, you know, hit, hitting that pleasure button for Sutton when they were in the steam room saying, you know, you are just so generous. You are just so, you're such a special lady. And Sutton loves to hear that. Like that yes. is, and I was almost like, is she like hinting that she's going to borrow money from Sutton at some point? Like, I mean, like <laughs> if, if it felt so interesting because Erica never overpraises anybody, you know? Uh -huh. Well, she didn't have to. Now she's yeah, back yeah, to relying exactly. on the kindness of strangers. Yeah. So. Matt, wouldn't it be great if like the uh, next season she's like a, a waitress at like IHOP or like. <laughs> I want to go further than that. I want her having to sleep on somebody's couch. I oh, want her having to sleep on uh Sutton's rented from Kyle's house like that's how or she has to sleep on Lisa Rinna's lips you know the overstuffed uh <laughs> well, I, 
or like or she's at the she has to go back to the hostess where she met tom she has to go back to where it all began <laughs> or the the jersey. the jersey strip club shakers shakers that we met, and then she uh, could just join real housewives in new jersey i i would be totally yeah. You know, I, I do I do think sometimes I'm like, does Bravo going forward, are they going to have to do due diligence and like check 10 years of tax returns and make sure, <laughs> you know, like, or do they love all of this that's happening? Like, I would love it if I was them because it's great CV. But Erica Jane did say uh, two episodes ago that I, di- I didn't I, I didn't tell you, ladies, because I didn't want you. <laughs> I didn't want to have you called to testify. Like she was mm-hmm. like kind of saying that of like, I, I had to keep things secret because I didn't want to get you guys involved. And I went back in my head was like, was that what she meant of? I, I mean, I still just th- think it's so funny that there's somebody in the FBI or somebody in court that's going to have to watch full episodes of The Housewives. eventually. <laughs> that's ex- that's funny, too. But I know that if I was like a bank robber, I would not want to tell anybody so then nobody could testify against me. Yeah. Yeah. But would yeah. you sign up for a reality show? No. <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> no, no, no. Well, by the way, that's what I like. Even if it's like, uh, I, I, you know. I didn't, and this is me being a stupid, dumb dude. Was that <laughs> when I saw Crystal's purse, the $95,000 mm. purse from, I didn't know purses. Like, I don't know. So, in my head, I was like, I really like Crystal. Why the fuck would she do that? Like, in my, in, cause my head, like, I grew up middle class. I grew up shopping at Walmart with my parents for back to school. And like, to me, 95, I was just like, I thought Crystal was smarter than a $95,000 purse. But then I was like, okay, I, well, I was then told by a thousand ladies that that's, a collectible and it's already doubled in value. It's like a piece of art. Cause mm. me, I was like, that looks like a small purse. You can't even put a lot of stuff in that thing. <laughs> like, I was like, you can't even use that. And then, so that was one thing, but then also that's the freedom of being a housewife is crystal. Like these things, Oh, we celebrate all these other ladies and they're huge, you know, uh, showing off of wealth. I shouldn't treat crystal any differently just because I think she's smarter than the other ladies. Um, so it is one of those things, but it is, also, as we see Erica Jane and we see Jen Sean, all this stuff, I'm like, guys, don't fucking put things out where the Chiron's going to put a price tag because it'll eventually be used against you in court, you know? Right. Like, I get scared. I'm like, hide that shit. <laughs> yeah, well, that's the, you know, that's that's the risk they run with having nice shit. So I, <laughs> I, I can only feel so bad about it. But like she pointed out in this episode, like, you know, because of her husband being who he is. Did she you know he's like, the director oh. of The Lion King? I, I did. Okay. I, I did. A little, that. That's a fun fact. Yeah. It's it's funny because like I, I tell Donnie, I was like, you know, as a black boy, the only movie we ever had was the was the Lion King. Like we were just supposed to like everybody gets their movie, but like little black boys, you gotta identify with this little um, animated <laughs> lion who's voiced by Jonathan Taylor Thomas. That's <laughs> until he sings, then we put then we bring out a black boy to sing. But other than that, uh, JCT. <laughs> I, I'm so happy to see that that you know, whatever movie to placate me made this white man so rich. Like that's that that just makes me feel even better. I mean you paid for that ninety five thousand dollar person. We I know <laughs> yeah. But like she said today, like I mean not today in the episode, the latest episode, she may not have paid for it. She may have just gotten it because like, you know, she's like she didn't pay for the dress she was wearing. She gets things from like designers and stuff because of who she is and it'll get her seen. So to me that makes Crystal even smarter because it's a possibility she didn't even pay for it. I still want to know because remember that like whole room full of purses at Kyle's house when they were on vacation got stolen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and wasn't Teddy's husband the one that ran security for that house? Mm-hmm. 
Like, wouldn't you love if like back at Teddy's house is like a room full of Kyle's purses like that? I mean, just, I want Kyle out of that. I, I want Teddy out of that Fox Force five. The fact yeah. that she's still able to be in that stupid. I mean, it's a gr- stupid group to begin what with. What does I don't she want Teddy do to it. even get in it? What does she do to deserve to be in it? Really? I think she's being a yes woman for all of those. Yeah. other ladies. And if she was, if her husband has stolen those purses, that would be the most interesting thing ever to happen to Teddy. Ever. <laughs> Uh, I mean, yeah, I mean, but so I was just like, I had no clue. I just, I was so ignorant. The fact that I was just like, well, that purse is who cares? I didn't realize there was like this art and there was like crocodile scan or something. Cause I was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, you guys got to go to Ross. There's like a hundred purses over there. for like. <laughs> I was like, I should get these. Maybe they'll appreciate in value or something. But um, the other big storyline this week or what I assume will keep coming back up because she won't shut her fucking mouth about it is Lisa Rinna. Letting us know that her daughter, her 18-year-old daughter at the time, is dating Scott Disick, the uh, the Kardashian boy. And <laughs> I've never seen somebody have so like she had so much life in her when she was like, I'm I, you know, it's I want to keep this quiet. But it was like you knew ever she did not want to keep it quiet at all, right? No, it's a great story for her, and that's probably what she though. This is great for me. Yeah. Uh, that when she says she like, should I call Chris? What the hell are you gonna call Chris for? That's not his mother. She right. has nothing to do with them dating. <laughs> like, you just want to call Chris. Oh, yeah. She like, put me through. It's Amelia's mother. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, I mean, but before this, all Rena had was Harry's secret garden, you know? Yeah. Wow. That was an impressive garden to pull off with no skill or any kind of background with gardens. I'll give him that. Well, when I don't believe when he Lisa's did it trying to give you blowjobs, of course you're going to find other ways <laughs> to occupy yourself. You're like, no, 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 I'm good. I'll fucking plant something, you know? <laughs> I don't think he did it by himself. I don't. I, I don't believe that. Somewhere, somehow, there was some garden or, or landscaping person to help make that happen. I refuse to believe that he did that by well, himself. I get. Do you always notice it with actors too? In general, is that actors are, are always like, "Yeah, I, I know how to play the guitar fluently. I speak Japanese." Chat like actors always have like this like insane talent for everything else in their lives, but somehow they wound up as actors. Mm-hmm. I always get so pissed at that. Cause I'm like, wait a sec, I'm an actor and I guess I can only podcast, which is just talking. Like I don't have any other <laughs> talent, but every like Harry Hamlin's like a fucking botanist right now. Like he's, he can do it. And, and Lisa going like Harry Hamlin, whatever he touches turns to gold. If that was true, Harry Hamlin would be working all the time. He's doing like dinner theater in like Boise, you know? Yeah. That's true. He had like what really one really good role on the TV show. We had that LA Law I never saw Mad because Mad, I, yeah. I wasn't even born. So no, he hasn't done. I just think but I just always I Rena loves to give it up to Harry Hamlin because mm-hmm. his career is still better than hers. I, I mean, by and how much do we think these Lisa lip kits? I know we're not the primary audience for this, but is it doing good? Like, I mean, she I, I just I feel like I'm being gaslit into acting like Lisa Rinna's lips look good when like they're so jacked that I don't know why I, I just don't feel like I'm being gaslit. Like, why would you ever do a lip kit to highlight your lips? I I don't know, <laughs> but I do feel like I'm not even feel like she absolutely is using the show as a commercial. And then I think she can lie to us and tell us it's doing well. So then we, not us, but viewers can say like, oh, I wouldn't be the only one buying it. And then they get in on it. But really, it's just a circle of lies. But that's what we know from Lisa anyway. I like all the other ladies going like, oh my God, the website's going to go live and it's like, it's going to break the internet. I'm like, you know how the internet works? That is not going to break shit. Like, 
Are you, it's going to be lucky if you know that people, works. You know how I many people who are more relevant who are all over the lip thing, the lip game? Like she I mean, has even a Lola big, Kent has a bigger lip line. She has, a, she has a lot of, um, well, I guess in her mind, her in-laws, the, the, the Jenners, she has a lot of um, competition, competition there. She would have been better off doing a wig line. Oh my God, wouldn't it be great though if Chris does get wind of this and tries to destroy Lisa Rinna? Now, that's a show I would watch because it's like Kylie is the only one that does. Yeah, I know. Just blow that wouldn't it take much. Down. Um, so where do you see this season headed? Because we don't even have the information yet that Tom stole from plane crash victims, which we know we're going to get because eventually we see that Sutton does stand up to Erica and Erica hisses at Sutton. <laughs> Which um, I I do think by the end of the season Sutton will have potentially lost her mind, and uh, what do you guys think we're we're going to see upcoming? Well, we haven't gotten to the you know the like second half trailer of the season yet. No, oh, we're so blessed. Like now, this one, I, whereas in New York, I'm like I can only see 13 episodes realistically. With uh, Beverly Hills, I think they're going to do like a 21, 22 episode season. They have and a they lot can, to work with. Yeah. Yeah, they do have a lot to work with. I think that we're going to see a big unraveling of sudden, like you said. I think this is—I'd be surprised if sudden comes back. Like, I don't even think she'll be back next season. What is what is the thing where? Why do these late? I mean, this is why fame is so interesting and fascinating. Why we all study it is because, like, what would possess you if you're involved in any kind of criminal activity or anything like that or any... Why would you want to be on this show? Like, it always... Like, I want them to tell me why they want to be on the show. Like, because I, I feel like now they're just casting rich people. So tell me why, because it doesn't make sense. Because if you're already rich, enjoy your life. I think we should, because, like, rich doesn't buy... Being rich doesn't buy you fame. Right. And in this country, you you're, you you know, you have to have both. You're successful if you have both. And one can fuel the other. But I think what this highlights is just how unscrupulous business people are and how many laws they break in becoming rich. Like, we don't talk about, like, how much you have to do wrong usually to become an incredibly wealthy person mm-hmm. and how you can pay people to look the other way. You can get along with that if you fly under the radar. But once you come out and people can see everything, that just makes it worse. A big part of that documentary, which I'm not going to say is, you know, true about everything, is that it doesn't help that people who he were, that Tom were like, he wasn't paying, that they could see he has two jets and his wife is doing all this stuff. That's not helping you at all. So right. people are like putting two to two together and they're seeing this. That's not a good, and then like, and then the whole housewives, you know, circle, you can just send people like information, like, you know, this is what's going on with Erica and her family. Like people do that with our pod. They just send us information so you can talk shit bad about people they don't like on the show. Like, it's just, (laughs) it's not, it was a very stupid move for him and her to make for her to be on that show. I mean, we're, I mean, this one case itself, I believe has created like, people like five Bravo accounts that will eventually go to law school. Like, I mean, it's getting to that point where I'm like, there is such deep work being done online where I have to imagine Eric has got to be like, fuck, I did not count on this. Like I did not count <laughs> it, on this. It is coming together. Like, and it's, and that's the funny thing about doing like from what I've noticed from doing Bravo and Newly's podcast, the information comes to you. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's with, you know, back in the, or like when podcasts first started really becoming popular, it was like, you know, solving murders, 
you know, mm-hmm. like with Serial or, or My Favorite Murder or whatever, you know, and I feel like Bravo is putting like the Bravo podcast and Instagram pages are doing that with these crimes. And I'm like, Jen Shaw better watch out, man, because we everybody is sharpening their their sticks with this Erica Jane thing that they are ready to pounce as soon as we get more information on the Jen Shaw. Stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It's turned the Bravo like podcasters into the DEA. It's yeah, well, <laughs> there's got to be there's got to be an FBI division at this point for housewives like mm-hmm. any new cast member. FBI is like, yep, I'll check Crystal out. I got it. Like, you know, like any new cast member. It's just like a funneled operation, mm-hmm. <laughs> especially if they have like jobs like, you know, what, what's Teresa's new uh, boyfriend's? What's his job title? He's like, a, oh, uh, uh, finance or it was like a media. It was very much like Jen Shaw's job title. So it's just way. like hmm, anytime you hear a job like that, check that shit out. Yeah, I was talking about how we, you know, it's like about like how we watch, like like I said earlier, a lot of people will watch what they see and just take it as Bible, you know, like oh that's what that is, and I don't need to question it at all. And we all did that with Jen Shaw's job, even though in the back of our heads we're like, well that doesn't really make sense. I've never really heard of like she didn't explain what that job does, but we just go okay. Well, Mary Cosby's crazy. She's in her closet. (laughs) She's crazy. Let's focus on that. And it is this weird diversion tactic where we like you people don't. I think like I I'm so jaded and maybe you guys as well. I expect people to lie to my face. Mm-hmm. I believe people are lying to my face, but it is interesting to like, I would say 70% of the world will believe your lies. Like they, mm-hmm. they don't even question it. And so that's yeah. why we get so many of them on these shows. Yeah. And I thought so many times in the show, we just, I think that these women want to seem more entertaining or important than they really are. So when Jen, just like dropped her title at us and then didn't explain it. I thought it was just boring or it wasn't maybe she didn't make as much in that position as she wanted us to think. I didn't know she was hiding this whole fraud case. Yeah. I, I, I I mean, it's like, I, I, I am flabbergasted, but at the same time it's becoming normal. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm used to hearing that a housewife is involved in (laughs) and that, and that's when you're just like, well, eventually this is going to lead to murder. We will have an actual murder mystery on this show and it will be one of the highest rated seasons ever. And I'll probably be like, good. I'm glad Bravo caught all of that. You know? Yeah. I mean, hell, if Bravo was around a little bit earlier, I'm sure. Um, what's her name? Nicole Brown Simpson could have been a housewife and we could have already had one. Like, oh my yeah. God. If she was, al- I mean, no, really, if she was alive, she would have, she been, would have been a house. OJ she- would have came by here and there. OJ's ex-wife. Oh, Hell yeah. Yeah. I mean, yes. oh, totally. Or yeah, it would have been like Garcelle's friend, like Will Smith's uh, ex mm-hmm. was one of her friends. Yeah. Oh my God, I didn't even think about that. It is the LA one, especially the way they tie into LA history with, you know, even like Kathy and all that. It's like the, LA is ruled by like four entertainment families. Like, you know, you got the Kardashians, the Hiltons, you got David Foster somewhere in the middle. Like it's all weirdly <laughs> the, degenerates. the Jada, Chink, the Jada <laughs> Pinkett Smiths. The yeah. yeah. Um, well, I could talk to you guys all day. You really are uh, an incredible duo and you're pretty amazing by yourselves as well. So <laughs> Thank um, you. <laughs> mainly you Quinn, but um <laughs> <laughs> you guys are going on vacation after this, right? So are you, what's the deal with know that what's the deal with your pod schedule? Can we expect new pods this next week while you're on vacation? Um, so yeah, we have one more coming out tomorrow and then we're taking a hiatus in July. But if you want content from us, we do have new content all through July on our Patreon. So you guys have a Patreon as well. Is that just patreon.com forward slash know that? Know that pod. Know that pod. Okay. Yeah. 
So that's a great place for that. Um, and also with these podcasts, just so you don't have to write it down in your calendars, just subscribe and it'll show up in your feeds. And what's great about, uh, you know, finding a new pod is that you can go back and listen to old episodes. Um, uh, I think these things just get better like wine. Um, mm-hmm. I, I, you know, who knows if that's true, but I like to believe <laughs> it's true. Um, and, uh, and also what Donnie, with this Mary Kate and Ashley stuff, I just add, this is the only time where I really show my straight ass is like, I just don't, I've never had a Mary Kate and Ashley fixation. And I feel like I'm missing out on a huge piece of pop culture. So you got, you and Ono Bravo. I know that you guys do, you guys just talk about Mary Kate and Ashley every episode. We do. Yeah. So surprisingly Mary Kate and Ashley have a lot of content like full house aside they have like a mystery series they have a whole sleepover series and then they have like 15 movies that they filmed on location in different countries so this season we're only focusing on their mystery series they were like eight years old they solved a different crime every single episode there's 11 episodes so that's our first season Wait, and are then they, are they get- like real crimes are they like NC-17 is there a lot of blood in <laughs> Not blood, but like, it's like ghosts or dragons, but there is, there is one episode with a murder case. Do they, does somebody have to explain to the little girls what a murder is? (laughs) Well, first they think they're sleeping, but he is not sleeping. He is full on dead. And that's the one filmed on location at SeaWorld. So I think the murder was just to like, keep them distracted to not see what was happening, you know, to Shamu. Blackfish. (laughs) Yeah, Mary Kate and Ashley would actually be interesting on Real Housewives of New York. They, they would like that, like them trying to interact because I don't even know. Like it's weird they did all this content as a kid, but I don't think I've heard them actually speak in like a decade. They're so no. rich they don't need to. I mean, that's doing really what you good. said. Like they're enjoying their money. They can do whatever they they date their men that's twenty years older than them who look like they're also homeless. And they have a good time. It really goes to show you, but that's but they're rich guys. I think probably right too. Oh yeah. I was like looking at those guys, I'm like, how the fuck? Like, it goes to show you that everybody's attracted to something. Like you don't have to be Brad Pitt, you know? It'd like be awesome, but like yeah. Obviously, hopefully there's just going to be some ladies out there that think my brand of whatever I look like is attractive because then you see I'm like, what the fuck is with that? Like, I'm better looking than that, dude, you know, and it's like some but then you find out he's like a French foreign minister or something, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, that's women always do that. You see a really beautiful woman and you see who she's with and she's just some, with some regular dude, just some regular ass man. Well, that, but that's also the reason why I don't have any tears for Erica Jane, even though she teared up in this past episode, because it's like. Dude, you married for money. This is what you get. Like, I, yeah. I like, I'm. We're supposed to now feel bad. You're in a loveless marriage. You knew that the day you met him. You knew that you you grew to love him and respect him in that way. But it was never like you knew what you got into. So now we're supposed to feel bad because you made a decision like that that like you benefited from greatly for a good portion of your life. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. And uh, <laughs> sorry, I'm just getting angry at you, Quinn. And when, <laughs> when does your other podcast come out? Uh, we have new episodes every uh, Saturday available, but we will, I'll also be taking a break from that as well. So we have one more that'll be coming out um, this next Saturday, same day as Know That. And then there is a break. There is no Patreon for that yet, though. So, But just go over to that Know That Patreon and it'll support the, the same cause, I think, for you. Yeah. You know? <laughs> um, and uh, 
you guys, I'll put all that information in the uh, description for this, but uh, thank you for being generous with your time with our audience. And I hope you guys will go support them. What I tell everybody, always go and rate it five stars before you even listen. It's like the the tiniest amount of respect you can give somebody for giving you free content. Um, and I say that in the nicest way possible because this it really is something that is for the most part just done for free because we're sick, twisted individuals. So. <laughs> Um, I hope you guys will come back on anytime you want to. I, I, I always, I had such a great conversation with you guys on yours and thank you for returning the favor today. Of course. I had a lot thank of fun. You. Thank you. Love being here. Thanks for having us. Betches.